Now, it's Gardening Talkback with gardening specialist Scott Sharp. Welcome back to Gardening Talkback on at 2NURFM. Greg Richard here, joined once again by Scott Sharp. Scott, great to see you once again. Great to see you. Isn't that rain fantastic? It, it's just getting down, penetrating a little bit down through the soil. but a little bit. I think it's just moistening the top, but not... Getting down. I, I think it is. My uh, golden robinias at home have all of a sudden come to life, so just a touch of rain and a little bit of warmth is making them grow again, which is fantastic. Fingers crossed, though, we might get a bit more rain for the rest of the week. I hope so, and I really hope it goes west. We don't really need it here on the coast, no. so, yeah. Also means I'm off to mow my lawn again. Yeah, that's not too good. There's always a downside. (laughs) If there's one downside, it's that. Scott, what have you got for us today? Well, I thought we'd uh, talk about wisteria. They're out at the moment uh, for tinnias as well. And look, the other great thing, of course, is the Maitland Garden Ramble is on the 15th and 16th. We're going to be talking to uh, Helen Moyle. She's the gardening coordinator of that later on in the hour. Excellent. And uh, we're also going to give away some free tickets to uh, the the caller who is probably the nicest to you and I. The nicest? The nicest, (laughs) yes. Okay. Yeah. Jeez, everyone on the your best manners today. Absolutely. And we've got Lou from Shortland. And Scott, he's got a couple of questions. One about the Maya lemon and gardenia trees. Hey, Lou, how can we help you? Um, yeah, I've got some yellowing leaves on the Maya lemon. Yes. And um, on the gardenias, I've got the yellowing leaves as well. Um, one of them's about two foot, the, the gardenia, and the other two about one foot. And they're in the, in the garden with flowers. Yeah, look, at the moment, uh, gardenias, they really like a lot of water and I think that just the dry conditions are probably affecting both of those. That said, there are other things you can feed uh, both of those plants to try and, uh, you know, keep the uh, the yellowing leaves from taking over. Uh, if you've got some Epsom salts or trace elements, we actually call them, you mix those up and start watering them around the plant. And that should, uh, you know, give it some iron as well, uh, magnesium's in there too, and that will feed the plant up and uh, really start to reduce, uh, you know, those yellowing leaves. Now, the reason uh, myers and uh, gardenias as well uh, decide they're going to uh, yellow their leaves off like that is because they're, at the moment, they're getting ready to bud up and uh, make flowers. So they're actually sucking all of the nutrient out of the soil. It's dry, uh, you know, they're really in strife, they're really struggling at the moment. And that's why you'll find they, they uh, yellow their leaves off like that. Okay. Okay, so mate, so some trace elements and uh, plenty yep. of water at this time. Okay, thank you. Okay, you have a good afternoon, Lou. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Scott. So, bye. bye. Cheers, Lou. We go to Carol now from Whitebridge, and she needs advice about what plants in the shade of a bougainvillea tree. Very good, bougainvillea tree, yeah. yeah. Hello, Carol, how can we help you? Hi, look, I've just put it on a trestle, and it, it's been absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. But I can't get anything to grow that's underneath that's not getting the sun. Yeah. I've tried a few things. I want I like those ones with the colours, all the coloured leaves. Yeah. So, what plants have you been? Uh, what What have you actually been trying? Well, I've um, I've got some succulents in there. They're all right. Yeah, of course. But I, yeah. I put some lilies in, and they they live. But they didn't thrive, you know, so... Yeah, okay. And how, t- um, how tall and do you think... I want think... something with a bit of colour. How tall like do you want to get to? a magnolia tree. Yeah. In the corner and then, you know, colourful things around it. How tall do you want these plants to get to? Oh, six foot. So, oh, okay. So you want a little bit of height, a little bit of height. Well, I've got a six foot fence, see, at the, at the side. So that's another thing why it's not getting the sun. 
Yeah. Look, a couple of plants that come to mind that uh, will grow in those conditions in underneath, uh, you know, a shady spot like in underneath the Bougainvillea and will give you some colour. Uh, there's, of course, crotons. Uh, they're a uh, plant from uh, Africa and they have really brightly coloured leaves and they'll certainly grow in under those conditions for you. Uh, they will they'll probably get about six foot as well, maybe, you know, about 1.5 or so. Um, but they're really brightly coloured. The other plant I was thinking about were cordylines. Uh, cordyline. Well, that's a cordyline I lost. I love oh. a cordyline. Well, you should give but it a try it because it doesn't do any good at all. Oh, well, it really should. It, it might just be that it needs a bit of water. And when did you actually plant it? Oh, Okay, so now the other reason it mightn't have done too well if you've only planted a couple of months ago, going through winter, it's been very, you know, it's it's cold. Yeah, probably so, but I mean, yeah. I bought it at uh, Bunnings and, yeah. and, you know, they said that, because she got it in for me, actually, because I really, really wanted that plant. Yeah. So yep. you reckon I should have another go at the corduroy? Look, I think so. And look, and I'm, I'm, the reason I think it probably hasn't taken for you is because a lot of those plants are grown up in warmer climates, you know, up around Ballina or further up the coast. And yep. they get, you know, trucked down in a semi-trailer and all of a sudden they're down here and they haven't, they haven't acclimatised. And you stick them out into, you know, the cold winds, uh, you know, those nighttime temperatures we get here. Up. Yeah, and look, and I think that's probably what's happened, uh, as well as that it's been very dry, so you have to make sure that you're watering those plants really well. As it warms up, as we go into September, because we are getting into September so quickly, uh, I, I would give a cordyline another try for you. Oh, thank you. Okay. That's great. Okay, Carol. Thank you very much. Thank you, and uh, you've been very friendly to us today. We will put you in the uh, in the running to uh, get that, uh, that double ticket to the Maitland Garden Ramble. Oh, wow, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks, Carol. Okay, bye-bye. Cheers, bye-bye. And let's go to Helen now from Belmont North, and she's got a question about emulsified blood and bone. Hey, Helen, how are you going? Uh, good, thank you. Um, my husband's got a big pot, a big container, about eight litres yes. of blood and bone, and it's gone to liquid. Oh, okay, yeah. And I just wondered whether I can put that on my rose bed, um, on, my ro- on my tomatoes, or general garden or on the ground yeah look you can certainly use blood and bone it, it looks a safe fertilizer to use on natives all sorts of plants uh even when it's in its sort of solid powdered form uh just the fact that it's been emulsified and it's sort of turned liquid on you uh it's it's still quite safe to use you can water it down if you want to um but yeah. I, I i wouldn't be too concerned about using blood and bone in that form Oh, okay, yeah. so it's safe for the roses. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Oh, people, wonderful. People will often get, uh, you know, cow manure and uh, other sort of fertilisers, uh, organic fertilisers, and mix them up into a slurry and, and water their plants with them as well. Yep, yep. So, yeah, you'd be quite okay. safe to do that. Oh, okay, thank you. That's wonderful. Yeah, no worries thank, at all. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks. Bye. For, bye-bye. Bye. So we're having a chat with Helen Moyle now from the Maitland Garden Ramble. Hello, Helen. How are you? Good morning, Scott. Now, you are looking after the Maitland Garden Ramble this year. Tell us a little bit about it. Yes, Scott. We have um, eight beautiful gardens again this year, all new. Um, and as we speak, I'm taking all the garden owners around today to look at each other's gardens because they don't get that opportunity <laughs> over the weekend. Are, are they, so, are they um, secret spying? Has anyone got a camera there to see, you know, what's going on in other people's are, gardens? No, not really, but honestly, you know, they come away. Every garden's different, every garden's diverse in design, size. It's just absolutely beautiful. And 
to think that we're all struggling for water, Scott, what they're doing, you know, what the effort they're putting in is uh, above and beyond. It's just beautiful. And um, I'm sure the garden lovers won't be disappointed once again. So, so how are they getting around, you know, the lack of water that we've got at the moment? Well, some of them are doing a lot of hand hosing, as you could appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, because we've got a lot of small, I've got quite a few small gardens in, so they're able to use the water on their lawns, you know what I mean? But um, when we get out to these bigger-sized gardens, um, they're doing a bit of a rain dance today, hoping that the rain will come down and help their garden, help their lawn, I can tell you. So, is any of that uh, from today getting up there to help them out? Well, we look like we're just looking out towards Patterson now, and it looks like there's going to come, uh, it's going to come across. So hopefully, hopefully. Um, and we're just actually at Agturf, so they need it desperately. They need it desperately for their property. But um, honestly, what we do for the garden lovers in Maitland, we're very lucky and uh, we raise a lot of money. Uh, we are a not-for-profit organisation, all our money going to Vision Australia. And our money stays here in the Hunter Scott. You know, we hand our cheque over to the Hamilton Division and um, this year we gave them $85,000. So now, when, when you say they, who, who do you represent? Tell, tell us about that, Helen. Mm-hmm. We are Maitland Black and White Ladies. There's yes. 20 of us. Um, we do two functions a year. We have our annual luncheon and our garden ramble. Um, and they're the only two events that we have for the year. Um, we band together the 20 of us. It's a wonderful committee to work with and, uh, and it's a wonderful charity. Um, but we, the people of Maitland, uh, are blessed with the support we get from all our local sponsors and, um, you know, different people that give us food and Peaks bus hire give us the bus for nothing over the weekend. We're so lucky with what people donate here in in, in Maitland, you know, for our charity. So oh, that, that's it's fanta- a good cause. Yeah, that really is a great cause. That's fantastic. Any special it plants is. you're seeing out there at the moment in those gardens you can give, give us a sneak peek about? Well, look, um, I'm just here now at... Um, um, Agturf, Judy Mead's garden and it's, it's a summer garden so she's got all her roses pruned but you can visually see the impact that it would have for the summer because her agapanthus would be out, her wisteria is just starting to bloom, her blossoms are still going um, so it's a beautiful garden and it's situated right in the middle of their turf farm so um, this is where we'll have our stall and our cafe here um, and it'll give people a lovely insight just sitting here in the in the middle of a paddock virtually having their their um, lunch or afternoon tea. Um, we've just come from Ducks in the Field out at Duckenfield, a lovely drive through the country, and sometimes when we get these city people, they don't realise what we have in our own back door at Maitland. We're so blessed with um, the diversity we have in our... In our area, um, you know, we'll have a lot of heritage and beautiful gardens. Um, oh, we're just about now to go and do four small gardens that are in, in Lawn and Bulwara. And um, honestly, people will be amazed what these people have done. So um, I have to take my hat off to them because it's a big ask. And mm-hmm. uh, But they're all garden lovers. They're that, garden lovers. That's fantastic. Let's do a little bit of housekeeping. How do people get around? Is there a bus that they can get? We have a minibus that goes from uh, the railway station at Maitland, but you must purchase those tickets through the Maitland Visitor Centre. There's only 28 seats on that bus each day. Um, other than that, um, tickets are available from your shop at Sharps, yes. from Poppies at Gateshead, uh, Bulwara Cafe and Heritage Gardens. And then you can purchase tickets, Scott, at every garden, at every entry you can purchase a ticket. 
$35 for an adult, $25 for a pensioner, and children, of course, are free. And honestly, it, it's a beautiful day. It's a lovely full day. And with only having the eight gardens now, people get around to see all the gardens and enjoy every garden. So... Like I said, eight new gardens again, which is marvellous for oh, us. And look, that's it. So it's $35. You get to see all of those eight gardens. That's all that's, of that's those a bargain. Gardens, and, yes. it's, and it's all going to uh, to charity. That's fantastic. All goes, all goes to Vision Australia, every penny. All okay. to Vision Australia. Look, that's fantastic. We're going to give away a couple of free tickets. Thank you very much for those. We'll do that again next week. So, uh, Helen, thanks very much for talking to us today. Wonderful, Scott. And I hope all your garden lovers will love it. We'll catch up with them uh, when after it's finished to get some nice feedback from them so we can try and better it again next year. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you very much, Helen. Okay, okay. now thanks, Scott. Have a great afternoon. And we've got Sylvia from Bonnells Bay and she's got a question about glycemin. That's right. Look, Sylvia, we take him out, we punish him later on. We won't do it right now, but if he gets something wrong, it's 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 not good for him. Okay, it's not good to hear the screams. <laughs> How can we help you, Sylvia? Uh, I've got four gusmania plants. Yes. Uh, only one's left with a flower on it, but none of them have produced cups. Oh, okay, because, yes, now, they're like a bromeliad for uh, people who don't know what we're yeah. talking about, and they do get those really beautiful, vibrant flowers on them. But that's right. once that happens, it, that's curtains for that particular plant. So you actually need to have little pups coming out from the side of those plants. and then one, I know, but I've been looking and looking, nothing's oh. happening Look, for months. Yeah, look, there's not much yeah, you can do about that. Stopped flowering about six months ago. Oh, look, there's not much you can do about it. Uh, it is going to get warmer for them, and they are a tropical plant, so yeah, all you I can know. hope I, is that... I do usually keep them inside till the flower dies. Yeah, OK. We'll do, do that, but uh, look, again, it's just nature. We All we can do is sort of cross our fingers, hope it gets warm, and, uh, you know, they start producing some little pups uh, out the yeah. side for you. I thought I must have done something wrong, but obviously not. No, no, look, it's, it's just the way it is. Uh, so hopefully it is, and look, it is the problem with uh, with broms and, uh, you know, the, the goosies like you've got that, uh, you know, it's not like the plant just grows another flower next season. You have to have those pups coming off the side, and quite often they do. That's when you see big clumps of bromeliads and things growing. Um, oh, but, I've uh, got bromeliads that are growing wild, but these things, which are oh, nothing. Uh, no good. Now, you said you've got a problem with a cyclamen as well. That's the one Greg mispronounced. Well, with cyclamens, I've got the... Uh, it's not a problem. I'm not just don't know what to do. They've got a lot. One of them, I've got a window sill full of them, and one of them has produced massive li li baby leaves, mm -hmm. and I'm scared to pull them out. They'll break. <laughs> Look, they are a very fragile plant, so you have to be careful with them. But, I mean, that said, uh, a cyclamen should, as it get warms up, should ba die back down and go back to the corn, which you can save for next year. Um, but, look, if you can keep them growing all year round, go, go for it. Well, they've been growing since well before Christmas. Oh, that's very good to keep them going in the heat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so look, if you are going to try and transplant them or do something, just be really gentle with them because they are a fragile little leaf on I the side. I don't socks. want to transplant the flower, big flowers, but the little leaves which look like forming new plants. I'm, I'm, they're so small that I'm frightened if I try and pull them out, they'll break. Yeah, so look, it might just be best just to leave them and just let uh, the, you know, the corms keep on growing under the ground and get a little clump of cyclamen in that pot. I don't think there's any room. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, well, thanks, oh, well. For, thanks for the call thanks today, for Sylvia. Trying. No, that's all right. We'll, we'll always give it a crack here. Thanks. Okay. Have bet- a good one. Thank you very much, Sylvia. Have a nice afternoon. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. We've got Terry now from Rayworth, and he's got a question about, is it lemon? A lemon, lemon? yeah. See, lemon yeah you're not looking for double punishment <laughs> today, are you? Terry, how can we help you, mate? Uh, mate, um, it's a, a, uh, a normal lemon. Yes. But it's growing very rapidly from the donor, the graft. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's, it sounds what, what has happened is that the wild rootstock is trying to take over, and you'll yep. probably find, mate, that those little shoots are very, very thorny. Yes, extremely. Okay, so you need to cut those off. Yeah, I've cut uh, it right back to about an inch and a half from where it's coming out of the, the graft. Yeah, okay, oh, okay so you've actually plant the, cut the whole plant back, have you? No, no, I've left the, the flowers and the lemon. Oh, good, the, good. The eureka growing, but I've, I've cut them. Graft yeah, okay, so what you need to do is where those little branches are coming out from below the graft, actually just snap them off or cut them off, and yeah. then you can get a little bit of sandpaper or something and just, just sort of go over that so that they don't keep on growing from there. Mm. Uh, look, often you get plants growing from below the graft because they're unhappy for some reason. Yeah. Uh, and look, it might just be that they're stressed at the moment through lack of water, although I can hear the, uh, the rain on your tin shed roof there by the sounds yeah. of things. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, so look, and just well watered, um, some fertiliser for it as well. And once you see that uh, anything coming from the gl- below the graft, you must get rid of it because it's just taking up the energy that you'd want to actually go into the upper part of the plant. Right, yeah. yeah. It's a massive of fl- uh, flowers, what's left of it. But so just a bit of sandpaper, you don't put anything on it? No, with, well, there's another product you can get called Steriprune. Um, which will actually uh, actually sort of seal it. If you've got some wood putty, you could use that as well, just sort of smear it over there. Mm. Um, look, how big, how old's your plant as well? You mentioned it's got oh. a, a number of flowers on there. Oh, several years. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Because, look, if you've got a young citrus tree and, you know, only one or two years old and you're getting a lot of flowers on there, you're actually best to thin those flowers out to reduce the stress on the plant. No, I've just finished picking all the lemons off. Oh, okay. Had, had 20 or so lemons on last year. Yeah, but, look, it is important you get rid of that because it's just going to take all the new nutrient from that upper part of the plant. Yeah. Okay, then thanks okay, very much for your help. You have a nice afternoon, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's Gardening Talkback on 2 and you are at FM. 49216216 is the number to call if you want to ask Scott Sharp a question. And then we've got June from Merriweather. And she's got a question about purple impatience. Yes, very good, very good. Where he's ten out, ten out of ten. Yes. How can we help you today, June? Well, I've had them in the garden for years. Yes. But this year, it has thrown up so far two different kind of um, coloured flowers. One of them has a white flower, a white petal at the top, and two other purple petals as usual. Mm-hmm. And then another one came up striped with one plain purple and a couple of stripes with and I think it has a cross contaminated with the daisy bush it's next to or what? No, you might have someone out there with some purple paint doing a job on you as well. But um, <laughs> it, they have been dark purple for years. Okay, so look, what, what's probably happened? Have you got the uh, the new Guinea variety or just the normal Busy Lizzie? Oh, just the old average. Yeah. No, I've tried the new Guinea, but I've had the... These are just average old things I've stuck in the ground. Uh, now, look, the great thing about nature and, you know, it's it's why, you know, we, we all look different and why we get, you know, albino, you know, polar bears and things like that is because <laughs> yeah. what's probably happening is your plants are throwing out seed 
and you get different variations uh, in those seeds. That's how, that's how we get you know, natural selection and all of those wonderful things that have turned us into what we are. And it's the same with plants. So it's putting out its seeds. Different things are happening. Uh, you know, there might be some crossing with other plants in the area. And so you're just getting that natural variation going uh, through your garden, I guess, and that's a good thing. Oh, all right. Yeah, so Thank that's, you. That's all right. It's nothing I bad you're doing. I haven't bought it as a, as a, you know, a variegated plant. It's mm-hmm. just been plain old purple for years. Yeah, so look, I, I think that's probably what's happening, just different seed. But there is, you know, if you, if you uh, for people out there who have got uh, variegated plants, sometimes the variation can actually, you know, grow out of the plant. Uh, where all of a sudden you'll get a branch coming out of the plant that's just, you know, the plain green colour. And if you let it take over, then the variation will be gone uh, of, that, uh, of the variegation. So, yeah, something you have to be careful of. But look, I think your uh, situation has just been some different seed, uh, some pollination by the bees, and uh, we're just getting some, uh, you know, some variation, some natural selection in your garden. Oh, well, I don't mind it, but <laughs> I thought uh, it was strange. That's what I thought. Weird. No, no, all, all's well. Nothing's too weird. It's not, not an X-Files situation in Merriweather at the moment. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, June, have a nice afternoon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And we've got Leanne from Charlestown, and she's got a question about port wine magnolias. Leanne, yeah, how, how, how can we help you? Hi, I've been going to ring you for some time or ask your mum. Um, well, and we, we're, got... glad, we're glad you did ring, and it's probably best you didn't talk to her as well. You'd get all sorts of scattered answers now. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah she wouldn't know anything, would she? <laughs> no, no, not anything. Um, my port wine magnolias, I have two of them, they're about 20 years old, and I did put them into the ground about 10 years ago. But I heard when you were talking about yellowing leaves, yep. they keep having yellowing leaves right through the year. So is there something I'm not doing for it? Look, generally, poor wine magnolias, it could be just some feeding. They like cow manure, so uh, in the uh-huh. ground, that's probably not a bad idea to do that. However, the other thing that port wines get uh, is a funny scale insect on them that always yes. sends their leaves yellow. And when you turn a leaf over, you just see the, sort of this whitish sort of thing on there. Yes, I do have some scale on them, so that would explain it. But, yeah, I had another one at another house um, in between living here, and that had it as well, the yellow leaves, and I used to get the hose and hose them off, you know, getting really aggressive with it. But I thought there must have been more to it. So I will treat the scale... And I will give them some cow Yeah, so you need, uh, yeah, you need either uh, eco oil, uh, you know, white oil and uh, malathon mm-hmm. mixed together, uh, and just make sure you have to mist it up in underneath there. But that should clear yeah. it out. They, they, for some reason, port wines are susceptible to that funny scale that they get on there, and that does yellow the leaves. So I reckon that's going yeah. to be your problem. I'm sure it will be. Thank you very much, Scott. Not a problem. Thank Thanks you. for that, Leanne. Bye bye. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you very much, Leanne. It's gardening talk back on to when you are at FM. It's going to think we'll work out who our winner of the tickets are going to be for the Maitland Ramble. Oh, we're doing it that quickly. Oh, we'll, wait, we'll, we'll go for a song. Okay. And then we'll come back and do it. Okay, I'll get the pen ready. We'll work out who's nicest to us and off we'll go from there. Exactly. Okay. Have you worked out our winners for the tickets for the Maitland Garden Ramble? Oh, I don't know. Look, our criteria was that, you know, people had to be as friendly and as, as nice to us as possible. As possible. As possible. Um, I'm, I'm juggling. I'm juggling two people here at the moment. All right. Yeah. I'm juggling June. And I'm yep. from Merriweather, I'm juggling Leanne from Charlestown. From Charlestown. Yeah. Tough decision. Tough to, why don't we just give two tickets each? Geez, you're a good man. I'm, I'm generous. I'm feeling generous this afternoon. Two tickets, so they both get tickets. Yep, so they both get a double pass to the uh, Maitland Garden Ramble on the 15th and 16th of September. So two for June and two for Leanne. Oh, you're a good man. Thank you for that. It's, I'm glad you're saying that. It's 
Rarely do I ever get to say that. You're a good egg. You're a good egg. Oh, thank you. Now, Scott, before we go for this week, you mentioned something about wisteria at the top of the hour. Yes, it's, it's wisteria time. It's out in flower. I was driving down around uh, near Northcott Drive the other day, and there's this sort of retaining wall, council retaining wall there, and you look at it usually throughout the year and you go, well, that's pretty scrappy, isn't it? Yep. Um, you know, just some old weeds and things living on there, but there must be wisteria all growing through it. So when I drove past the other day, it's just spectacular. Right. Yeah, so if you're coming out of Northcott Drive, turning right to go towards Charlestown, it's there in front of you, this beautiful purple beacon. And wisteria is a fantastic plant if you've got, uh, you know, an old shed you want to cover over uh, or a fence or, you know, some, uh, you know, like a, an arbour or, you know, some sort of pergola you need so to. So it's good for hiding stuff. It is. Now, the only trouble with uh, wisteria is it gets quite woody yep. and it can actually break timber structures. So you have to be a bit careful. Oh, okay. So what you're putting it on, you have to make sure either it's A, very, very strong, probably made of titanium, Steel. Steel, yeah. Or that you're not too worried about what's going to happen to it. So, right, yeah. okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> so you're not, you're not going to worry if it's neglected, but it will look absolutely wonderful at this time of year. You can get wisteria in its uh, typical purple colour. Uh, you can get it in whites as well uh, and pinks. And you can also get some little uh, mixed flowers as well where you get a tiny bit of purple and some white on there as well. But uh, look, I, I guess the, the most popular one is the, is the purple, the mauve one that we see yep. around at the moment. Uh, and look, a very quick grower if you need to cover something. It does lose its leaves during um, winter. Mm-hmm. So you have to be a bit careful about that as well. You want, you know... If, you don't want sharp things pointing out or... If you're happy with that, you know, losing its leaves. And then it puts on its flowers first okay. uh, before the leaves come out. So yeah, a great plant, very quick growing. You just have to be aware of its limitations. So maybe it's not that great to cover stuff. It depends what you're covering. Fair enough. Yes, it, it really does, whether you, you know, want it or not. Yeah, because it will, it will break things. Right, so nothing over wood. Yes. Unless you're happy for it to just cover it yep. and, and let it sit there and, you know, it sort of holds, it holds everything together. Yeah, yeah. But very right. nice plant. Excellent. Well, I've got time for a couple more calls. Scott, before you head off for another week, okay. we've got Linda from Abula Dealer, and she's got a question about sweet potatoes. Ooh, a very nice uh, little vegetable to eat. How can we help you, Linda? Um, well, I, I put some um, white ones that my brother had given me a couple of years ago. I picked um, some, they were only tiny ones when he gave them to me, yeah. but um, I was away for a good part of last year, and I didn't think they were doing much, but anyway, I thought, oh, they must have done something, the, you know, the last couple of months I began to dig them, and um, and I actually thought they were buried like the ground uh, in a pot in mm-hmm. a big square pot. Oh okay yeah. yeah interesting way to do it because yeah if you put them in the ground they can take over. Yeah. Yes yeah. And um, so I'd, I had watered them a couple of times just the last few days to, to, to make sure it was you know easy to get into it but anyway when I started getting into it it was wet as anything. Yeah. But I remember then that I'd forgot to put the the plate of the in the bottom of the pot plant that that let it um, because it had one of those windows mm-hmm. and so <laughs> that was sitting in water like it wasn't actually water there but it was all the bottom inch and a half was um, anyway yes yeah, so it had it was an inch and a half before the window yep. in the bottom but um, yes yeah, so they've probably been there twelve months and. Some of them are good. Um, some of them are tiny. Some of them were um, mush, mushy. Yeah, yeah. I just picked them today, dug them up this morning, and um, I'm just not sure what um, 
like I don't think I should put them straight back in that soil. It's, you'd think there was worms in it, but I don't, didn't see any worms. But it was all very wet. But yeah. I'm not sure what to, how to put them back. Yeah, the look, plants. Look, the you, plants can, you can plant them. But a, a way of doing it would be if you've got an old wheelbarrow or something, or an old, you know, laundry tub where you know it's going to be really well drained, and just give uh, you know something that's got quite a bit of space. And you know, if you've got an old wheelbarrow, you can drill the holes in the bottom of that, and uh, it just gives it some space to run. They can spill out over the side of the plant as well. But uh, you know the plant can spill out over the side. But then you've got that space in the, in the soil area for those uh, you know those big tubers to grow. Um, look, I, I don't think a water well pot like you've been growing it in is probably the best idea. And it, because of exactly what's happened to you, that uh, you know filled up with water and then the the, the tuber, you know the big uh, root that you want to weed is actually turned soggy uh, on you. So look, I, I'd be trying to find a bigger. Um, sort of uh, capsule, you know, that you can grow it in, yeah. and uh, make sure that it's nice and well drained. And what should I feed it with? Uh, so, look, if you've got it, if you've got it into a, um, you know, in a pot like that, you'd probably just use a uh, liquid fertilizer. Uh, you could use one of the uh, pelletized uh, fertilizers like uh, Dynamic Lifter as well. So, um, yeah, thanks very much for that, Linda, and good luck with it. Scott Sharp, we are out of time. I'm sorry to say. I know. I'll catch you next week, I guess. The countdown started till next week. Already. Okay. We'll have more Garden Ramble tickets. Yes, we'll give away a couple more, maybe even more. Who knows what's happened? Who knows? You're crazy. You're unpredictable. (laughs) You never know what's happening. (laughs) It's on 2NURFM 103.7.